In today's episode, Aileen and Nancy discuss being aggressive versus being assertive and how to embrace the latter. (laughs) Welcome to Expansive Minds Podcast, Gateway to Freedom, a podcast where two friends, Aileen and Nancy, explore and expand beyond what they think they know in order to live a life of freedom. Thank you for joining us. And away we go. Good morning. Good morning. It is so great to always be here with you, Nancy. And you, girlfriend, with your awesome outfit. My super cozy outfit. Styling, girl. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So it's great to be here, especially because there is a very hot topic up in the energy. And I'm actually going to pull up the definitions of two words because I always like to read the definitions. For me, it's very helpful. If I Mm -hmm. hear a word intuitively, it's like, in my sphere, I look it up. When I work yes. with clients, if a word comes like off of them, I look it up. And I know to look it up because we have to really think about the word and start discerning the energy and the vibration of the word. All right, so, the, so the word I'm looking up, the first word is assertive because we often mix up assertive versus aggressive mm-hmm. when we're interacting with people especially trying to set boundaries. Boundaries is so huge this month. I don't know if you listen to yeah. Lee Harris. Well, you don't need to because you can read it yourself. But mm-hmm. Lee Harris, just this lovely gentleman mm-hmm. who takes the pulse globally and uh, gives a read of the month, which to me is super helpful because if, like, say, let's say I'm just, like, particularly melancholy this month or something, and I listen to Lee's podcast and he'll say, well, collectively, you know, we're dealing with melancholiness, but... This month, he said boundaries. This He said boundaries are huge. Absolutely. And I love Lee, probably when he first started, and he didn't have many people looking at it. I, yeah, of course, he came, he showed up, right? He just, yeah. Somehow He's he fairly up. new to me last and, year or so. Yeah. And I was listening to him, and I thought, oh, that's exactly what I was seeing. That's exactly. So it was really cool. So he is, I haven't looked at him in a while. However, with that said, he was always aligned to what I was picking up. Nice. So I, I give a lot of... Um, so boundaries. And so, so boundaries assertiveness versus aggressiveness. This is something we dealt with in the psychology world, probably in the early 90s. It really came up to address it around... Uh, we did a real uh, push towards nonviolent communication. We were also looking at girls in school. Mm-hmm. This was a big thing. And so... Uh, it's back again, which is great. We spiral over topics and themes. So this is very, very strong. When we're setting a boundary, we're creating how we want to be treated, how we want to be in interpersonal relationships with others. We have to focus on our intrapersonal relationship with ourselves. And the intrapersonal relationship is feeling the difference between assertive energy and vibration and aggressive vibration and energy aggressive vibration energy has a violence to it it mm-hmm. has a, a dominance it has an abusive edge to it so we don't want to do aggressive anymore no. we want to do assertive so assertive i'm looking up the words so that we can look at it hear it and play with the vibration in us yeah. discernment of how a word, a thought, a concept feels in our body is one of the key, key, most important components. Of course, of... it's perfect as you were saying that because I was feeling through these words what I got subtle distinction that assertive like, is the outward push 
anytime you're pushing outward, you're going into battle. If you push against something, it's going to push back. Mm-hmm. Whereas just assertive is sort of, I'm seeing standing in my power. Yes. I just stand in that. I'm just standing strong. And then in that, all have to acquiesce to me. Yes. It switches yeah. the energy. Yeah. It switches the energy. So assertive, having or showing a confident, they use the word forceful, which is fine. I'd probably mm-hmm. switch that a little yeah. bit, but having or showing a confident and forceful personality. So what you just said ties into having or showing, right? That's being intrapersonal mm-hmm. relationship with yourself is confident. And I would say strong. I would change forceful, forceful to powerful. Yeah, yeah exactly. Power, yeah. So the words are confident, self-confident. These are the um, positive, positive, bold, decisive, mm-hmm. assured, self-assured, mm-hmm. self-possessed, believing in oneself, self-assertive, authoritative, insistent, firm, determined. Great words. Yeah, those are all really good words. So then when we look at aggressive. And socially acceptable words, like for mm-hmm. those of us who are not used to even being assertive, much less aggressive. Mm-hmm. Now, aggressive, and this this goes to exactly what you just said, the feelings you were having, aggressive, ready or likely to attack or confront, characterized by or resulting from aggression. So some of those words are hostile, belligerent, antagonistic, combative, violent, they even throw macho, (laughs) quarrelsome, argumentative, they even have the word badass in there, which is interesting. Isn't that funny? Warlike, warring, attacking, militaristic, offensive, Hmm. intrusive, invasive. Wow. So, And the opposite are, one of the opposite words is peaceful. There you go. Let's just wrap that up right there, right? Let's go for peace. So you want to be assertive, not aggressive. With inherent within aggressive is an immediate connection to defensive. Yes. And Abraham Hicks, well, how does she say it? Battle, if I can get this in, I apologize if it's not the correct paraphrase. Battle with no one because you've already lost the battle simply by engaging. Because in the engagement, you've disconnected yourself with source. Mm -hmm. You've cut off your life source, your Mm -hmm. life force, by just going into a battle. So so you've already lost. So why even try? Correct. Because that's the vibrate. Matter follows energy. Matter follows energy. So important to remember. So the energy in us, the intrapersonal, that's I-N-T-R-A, Dominant, number one, most important, intrapersonal intelligence, which is you knowing yourself, you making awareness of yourself the most important, then that will lead to interpersonal, I-N-T-E-R, interpersonal relationships Yes, that are flowing, that are uh, solution-oriented, that are collaboration, synchronicity, all of that. And it has to come within ourselves. And I'm actually going to pull up that Thich Nhat Hanh quote this morning. That was a beautiful that I quote. sent to you. Thich Nhat yeah. Hanh is a favorite of mine, by the way. And I want to also state, too, with the even just the assertiveness, again, there are those of us who never even felt we could be assertive. 
mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we don't want to make waves. We don't want people to be mad at us. We don't want people to look at us like we're terrible or mean. But I feel like now more than ever, it is important to stand in that assertiveness to hold your space. We have to end this victim stuff once and for all. Mm-hmm. Being able to hold your space safely without being aggressive is really important. I'm going to read this quote, and then we'll jump back and do uh, a couple more things that come from what you just said. So this was this morning on Tignot Han's Instagram account. <laughs> a quote from him. If you see the suffering in the world, but you haven't changed your way of living yet, it means the awakening isn't strong enough. We need a real awakening, a real enlightenment. New laws and policies are not enough. We need to change our way of thinking and seeing things. This is possible. The truth is that we have not really tried to do it yet. Each one of us has to do it for ourselves. Mm. No one else can do it for you. If you're an activist and you're eager to do something... You should begin with yourself and your own mind. Magnificent. Not Magnificent. From his book, Zen and the Art of Saving the Planet. But that is so powerful. Oh. That's the intrapersonal. And when we are assertive, then we cannot be victims. And therefore, we don't co-create oppressors. Oh, love it. Right. Oftentimes in relationships and in, in marriages and families, when I work with them, we can really see who is the overdoer and who is the underdoer. And it kind of doesn't matter which came first, the chicken or the egg. It doesn't matter. You just want to stop the pattern. Right. So if someone over functions, yeah. right. everybody else under functions. Yes. Yeah. You're almost de- debilitating them. Um, mm-hmm. I just heard a Ram Das uh, segment talking about that. I'm like, okay, I'm going to play like just the beginning snippet mm-hmm. of it because I think it's also along the lines of what we're talking about. So give me, here we go. Because yeah. when you push against somebody, even the subtlest model in your head, they should be different than they are, awakens in them at a very unconscious level, pushing back, a resistance, a subtle paranoia. And I have noticed in my human relationships that as I want less and less from each individual, there is much less paranoia in them at a deep level, and they are much more available immediately. And the interesting thing is, what does it mean to be a safe space for another human being? A safe space means you don't have an agenda. But we have this tendency to have a model because we're trying to justify the way we're living our lives. Beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. right along the lines of what we're talking about, and it's sort of ironic that I, I came across that this week and sent it to you and a couple of friends because I was like, oh my God, this is so pertinent. <laughs> and I forwarded that on to friends and I played it during um, sessions. Yeah. And then here, again, was the from Ram Das from his Instagram account today. Remember, it, just, it was like synchronicity, <laughs> synchronicity. This quote, I would like my life to be a statement of love and compassion. And where it isn't, that's where my work lies. Now, that quote is so great, also, again, by Ram Das, and it's really clear. That's assertive. I would like my life to be a statement of love and compassion, and where it isn't, that's where my work lies, intrapersonal. So when he says and refers to my life, 
he's talking about his persona, his thinking, going back to what Thich Nhat Hanh said. It must begin in your thinking. It begins with each one of us and our relationship with self. What are the vibrations that are in our selfness with our mind, with our heart? When we align to our vibrations of love and compassion, we are confident in that alignment. Yeah. Then when we encounter a situation in which we desire or need to speak, perhaps we would say a safety truth. For example, if I'm standing there and, and someone rides their bicycle up next to me and their tire is on my foot, <laughs> it's okay for me to say, your tire is on my foot. Yeah. Please, you don't have to move. reach out and bop them and get them off your foot. Yeah, Correct. Yeah. Correct. And we could even say with the quantum physics level that matter follows energy. If my vibration is that high, that tire would never even roll onto my yeah. foot. And you have had that conversation with a couple of people this week. Not a tire rolling on your foot, but um, <laughs> I've had a couple of people this week. Uh, reach out to me frustrated and sad couple gals because they weren't being treated properly by their fellow companions by their you know people in their living space and they were just I don't want to say anything because I don't want to make trouble but they keep treating me like this and and I'm like I am just picking up on victim energy victim energy and now I'm not trying to attack you and make mm -hmm. you feel more victim but mm -hmm. you gotta own that right so yes even though this seems like this external force is is imposing itself on you because they have behaved badly right but, I, I yeah. love I love what you're saying and it's so compassionate and and it is such a challenge. To, it is because somebody legitimately has been terrible. attacked. Yeah. You yeah, know, like you know, terrible. even though it, yeah, yeah, or somebody said something unkind to them, and they're like, you know, "That's not fair. I right. didn't say anything." So and if we can move away from blame and shame, exactly. that's the biggest issue, right? Let's exactly. not do it in a blame shame way. So what you're saying, I completely understand. So you know, maybe there's different ways we could say it. Yeah, which is, yeah, vibrate. You're vibrating victim energy, and then through quantum physics. You're drawing an opportunity to be a victim. Mm -hmm. Or even what if we put it even more positive, yeah. which is to uh, say something like, oh, oh, interesting. So I wonder if there's an under-functioning, over-functioning situation going on here, right? Because Give me more on that. What do you so mean? the under-functioning, instead of saying to this person, you're acting like a victim, because all of a sudden that's like, right, right? right. And we also don't want to put victim energy concepts still in there. We don't want to give them any ownership. We don't want to participate in them being a victim. We don't yeah. want to participate in abusers and victims So don't anymore. even use the word victim. I wouldn't even use it. Okay. I, I would, again, try to look at energy and a, and a balance and a system. The okay. system is in imbalance, yeah. right? So as I balance said... Balance is also, by the way... <laughs> Balance is also word. one of the themes in um, the monthly read. Anyway, mm -hmm. how do you use Yes. Yeah. And so if we look at a system, almost like a seesaw, in your mind, if you could see a seesaw, and the person who is uh, having the behaviors that we might say is are bad behaviors and acting mean and being the oppressor and the abuser, and they're like up high, they're mm -hmm. on the high side of the seesaw. Mm -hmm. And the other person who we might say is the victim or being abused is on the low side of the seesaw. What do we need to do energetically? You can see that's like not neutral. That's not right. level. That's not balanced. Right. So in each situation, we could say to ourselves, hmm, 
again, as observers, third eye, third yeah. eye observer, the third eye is yeah. right there, right in the middle of your yeah. forehead. As an observer, to stay away from our own triggers, as an observer, what could happen in this situation that this seesaw, you know, like yeah. bounces it up, itself up so it's perfectly straight across? And the more we can treat it as a really cool puzzle that we're going to participate in solving, coming mm-hmm. to solution, mm-hmm. the better the energy flows and moves. Okay. Because once we kind of, if you can feel this discernment, once we say, oh, this person thinks they're a victim, they're behaving like a victim, this person is being mean to them, kind of feel what that feels like for a minute. Mm. And then go to the image I just gave you. Imagine, you know, one of your friends who thinks there's a victim sitting way down at the, you know, with their butt on the cold ground in the seesaw and the other person up high. And then feel what it feels like to kind of, oh, how could I just, how could this tilt just a little bit? And even in the tilting it, you can sort of start seeing them smiling and looking at each other. And you can see a little bit more balance. Now, when things shift, if people really want it to shift, then they end up both kind of getting off the seesaw because that's the pattern. That was the story, right? right? So when right. You, so when we pull it down and maybe the person that was uh, being more abusive in that situation, all of a sudden they're kind of like, ah, I don't want to play in the seesaw anymore because I don't have the leverage. I don't yeah, have the height. I don't have the, it's not fun. Yeah. And whatever they're playing out. Yeah. And then, of course, in the big, big, big picture, let's go big. In the in the beginning, in our first episode, we were like, how woo woo are we going to get? You mm-hmm. know, it's just quantum physics. In the big picture, we can also put energy in the space that we're trusting that these people are working out a karmic balance. Oh, yes. And one, one of the things I had mentioned to the, the couple of folks who I was talking about it this week was, you know, well, one is just to bring the awareness that this triggered you. And mm-hmm. clearly, you know, but at the same token... Bless and thank the person who, because they brought to your awareness that there's still some work you can do to clean up the karma. Mm -hmm. And so you don't particularly want to be compassionate to somebody who's just treated you badly, but they are telling you what work needs to be done still. Yes. And okay, a couple of things from that. One, unconditional love just simply means that we allow divine energy and unconditional love to flow through us. And if we can get away from the concept of we're like, you know, a, uh, I'm thinking of like a ray gun, like me, you know, like, or a fire hose, like, well, I can pick and choose who I'm going to give unconditional love to. You didn't make me happy. So I'm going to take my love away from you and you made me more happy. So I'm going to give it to you. It's like this reward punishment yeah. thing, but we're actually only hurting ourselves right? because it's supposed to flow through us. So if right. we stop unconditional love from flowing through us, okay, that's like, like that yeah. stops it from us. We're making it really small and we want to benefit from, from the flow of unconditional love right. through us. It's none of our business who it goes to and who it doesn't go to. So that's the first thing. So maybe if we could just practice that and not think too much about I'm giving compassion to someone, because if you can give it to them, then that means you can take it away from them. Oh. And the intrapersonal, going back to also what we were reading and listening to today, the intrapersonal is I allow and enjoy unconditional love flowing through my body and my being every moment of every day. Nice mantra. That's a nice thing to say all day. Yeah, yeah. And that and that's it. And that's it. The rest of the ego like tricks, you know, the rest of the mm-hmm. ego triggers and attachments 
just melt away yeah. when we have unconditional love coming through us all the time. Yeah. Like then we realize like, well, that doesn't matter. That doesn't yeah. matter. And on the earth plane, yeah, sometimes we have to say, I'm allergic to a dog, so you can't bring your dog into my house. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's okay to say that. That's so funny because over Thanksgiving, I had a guest that I don't usually have. And I had to say to him, we have some people with allergies. And although I love your dog. So <laughs> of course I said that. Of course you said that. So you just, and I felt like awful for days because I love the dog and he, the dog's a part of him. And that's so funny. And I beat myself up about it for days. Oh, so I yeah. guess the universe wanted to offer you a healing. Yeah. To say yeah. that that is appropriate. Yeah. That is appropriate to say, yes, dogs are not allowed at this event yes. because there are allergies. And then how do we, how can we move past? So there are folks like me who are still trying to find their power mm. and feeling incredibly guilty when they do stand in there. Mm -hmm. Oh, I feel awful. I, I had to tell him not to bring his dog. Now, I, I said no, because it was someone else who had an allergy. And I tend to do that protective thing, especially yeah. of my family. But if it was me, I might have just afford go and got a little bit uncomfortable with if I had an allergy, I would have let him bring the thing in and said, Oh, I'm taking a an antihistamine. Yes, you that know, goes back to the my the chair previous, and yeah, the, the previous discussion. So yeah, yeah, so there's still an element, so there's one element of like I'm willing to be uncomfortable with that, but more on the underlying is uh, this is gonna be uncomfortable for those of us who aren't ready, who are who have a history of not standing well, I'll say standing up for yourself, not being assertive. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. how can we move how do we free ourselves of once we do take that step toward assertiveness and then we beat ourselves up for three days after how can we maybe not beat ourselves up for three days after mm -hmm. so there's different words that mm -hmm. have energy that uh, we can put into our vocabulary into the tapes that play in our heads okay and one of those concepts is Wow, I'm trying this out. I'm trying this assertive thing out. I like that. I'm trying it out. That is non-charged at all. Mm -hmm. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. Neutral. Uh -huh. Yes. Yes. I'm trying it out. I like that. And as you're trying it out without pressure, you start to feel, this didn't feel so good when I made a choice to feel bad about myself. Right. Right. And if I'm feeling bad, that's an indicator that I'm not my true self. Yeah. So then you say, okay. If it feels bad because I know it, because I have a stomach ache, because my throat hurts, because I'm like sweating more or something, right? Yeah, like I'm, yeah, yeah. physically bad. Yeah, yes. physically ill. And often yeah. we do start to feel it. Yeah, manifest into it. actual symptoms. Absolutely. Yeah. Then that's the intrapersonal where it's like, oh, this feels uncomfortable. This feels a painful. This feels like because I'm sweating so much in this circumstance. And then we start to think, what would the opposite be? Right. right. What would be the opposite feeling? Mm -hmm. That would be, oh, this doesn't feel so good. It would feel better if I felt relaxed. Mm -hmm. It would feel better if my shoulders were down more. <laughs> so you're reverse engineering it, basically. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feel the difference. Yeah. But So the first thing is to intrapersonal, start to identify when something is uncomfortable yep. without blame, shame. It's just curious. I'm curious. Mm. I'm inquiring. Right. I'm curious. One of the things I did with the sixth grade class that I'm currently working with uh -huh. 
is yeah i i have them line up outside and i say different things and if it's yes for them they run all the way across the field and they can if it's sort of yes they go halfway it's it's so much fun and one of the things i said was okay if you've ever done something that seemed like a mistake Mm. and yet you sort of laughed because you thought it was kind of funny run run across and you can hear what they're saying too and and uh i gave an example of something and then one one student said yeah once i put soap on my toothbrush instead of toothpaste and he was laughing as he was saying it and then everyone started laughing and most all the students ran all the way across and they were laughing and thinking about all the things that they did that could have been a mistake However, they chose to laugh about yeah. it and feel more kindly yeah. to themselves. It almost melts it. The laughter just almost dissolves yes, that, mis- yes. that mistake mentality. And so in your case, again, it's sort of, you know, there's one idea is to say that in your head. But also when you know you're doing it, if you can, to melt it by saying, oh, this is, yeah, this is me and this is what I'm doing. And I totally understand why I would feel bad for a couple of days, yeah. <laughs> you know, telling them they didn't. And that's just, you know, what? that's just me. And yeah. it's shifting and it will shift. Yeah. Right. It will Love shift. It. Um, so one more concept around that. I was talking with our friend Vic this week mm-hmm. and uh, he's going to give me some coaching about sort of standing up for myself with mm-hmm. something. And he's like, well, why wouldn't you? And I'm like, well, because I don't want this person to be mad at me. Well, so what will happen? I'm like, well, then they'll be mad at me. And, you know, he was kind of doing the Socratic method of questioning to try to get me the long story short, because this is a primal thing. And this can sometimes be where this is coming from. The reason we so desperately want to be accepted is because in the old days, in the clan and the tribe, if you were outcast from the clan or the tribe, you died Mm -hmm. because you needed the group to survive. He said, so don't be so hard on yourself because this is primal healing. It's in your DNA. It's at a genetic level for centuries, millennia, whatever. We we had to be. We had to play nice with the tribe. We had to be accepted by the tribe because it meant death if you weren't. It was just a different way of looking at it. And I thought yes. it was fascinating. Yes, and Maslow's um, hierarchy of human needs. I'm just going to pull it up right now. I just thought that left me off the hook a little bit because I'm like, how long have I been doing this work and I still haven't got this? And he's like, no. He's like, this is exactly. this is encoded mm-hmm. at a genetic level. And then again, as in everything, what does that card say? Awareness of it is ninety something percent of, of the healing process is becoming aware of it. Absolutely. So. Maslow came up with a hierarchy of human needs. First human need is physiological. You need food, water, warmth, rest. It's the survival. Root chakra. And then you move to, once you can have food and water and warmth, right, you you can survive. Mm -hmm. Then you can sort of move into, all right, I'd like my next human needs to be met, which is emotional and intellectual security. It's safety, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Then after those things are happening, you can move into love and belonging, friendship, sense of connection. Love it. Then -hmm. after all those have been met and you feel good about them is esteem, respect, status, recognition. And then the top one is self-actualization, which is achieving your uh, full potential. So I would absolutely agree in my work, I often see time and time again from our traumas and from our conditioning, we often get stuck in that first base 
physiological level yeah. of food, water, yeah. warmth, and rest. Yeah. Because if we didn't perceive that uh, our parents or our community was going to feed us yeah. unless we agreed to the culture yes. in which they were trying to imprint us, yes. then we just kind of keep looping in that right. over and over. It's like, I right. must agree, I must agree, right. I must agree because I need food, I need food. Right. And so if we never, never uh, really fully were satisfied in that way, yes. we will keep bouncing back the, to the it. The underlying behind it all, too, I think is fear. Yeah. Um, and all of our kind of motivations is fear. So one of the mantras I have been using a lot lately, because there is a lot of fear up these days with mm-hmm. the turmoil going on, is I'm safe right here, right now in this moment. There's nothing threatening me. It's kind of a little bit of an Eckhart in the now right here. Mm-hmm. I'm safe. Mm-hmm. I'm safe. Good. Wow. Well, I could go on and on, but... Next time. Next time. Okay. So, we're out. All right. (laughs) Thank you for joining us on Expansive Minds Podcast, Gateway to Freedom. Until next time, more to be revealed.